the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, who is back in his underground bunker at an undisclosed location somewhere in Southern California. Hey, I'm just doing what the government asked us to do. I'm maintaining a six-foot social distancing uh, you know, platform here and uh, trying to stay safe and watching the unwinding of Western civilization from the sidelines. Yes. You know, I, I heard someone comment on, I saw, I read someone comment on, on social media says, now that I'm self-isolating, my life really isn't any different than it was before. <laughs> but on the other hand, we are going to emerge from this yes. uh, with a new normal and we don't know what that is yet, but certainly there's a lot going on and we have a great opportunity today to dig into this with a super guest. Yeah, we do. And I've I've been reading his material. It's both on American Greatness and on California Globe. Ed Ring was the co-founder of the California Policy Center. And uh, I just did a little bit of research this morning before the, on, what, on what this is. And I found the, this on SourceWatch. And uh, this is pretty high praise. The uh, California Public Policy Center, formerly the California Public Policy Center, is a right-wing pressure group based in California, founded in June 2010. It is a state affiliate of the $83 million right-wing state policy network, a web of state pressure groups that denote themselves as, quote, think tanks, unquote, and drive a right-wing agenda in state houses nationwide. Boy, Sounds like I, somebody I should have on speed dial. Yeah, this is yeah. That's that. I say that is mighty high praise and uh, welcome to the show, Ed. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate you being with us. I guess the starting point for our conversation with you is uh, your thoughts and observations about uh, America, the world, really finding itself in uncharted territory. Whether it's been inflicted, whether it's a self-inflicted wound or not, we're here. And uh, love to hear your thoughts on what uh, all this means to us going forward. Well, that's a pretty big question, so I'm not sure I can <laughs> offer, you know, really unique thoughts. But, uh, you know, one of the things that might come out of this that could be a, a good thing is uh, more of an awareness of what has happened between the United States and China and how important it is for Americans to understand that the Chinese government is is a threat to the world uh, as well as to its own citizens and the dependence that uh, the United States has uh, formed on China for high technology and and for a medical technology uh, has to end and so, uh, the, the, you know, and over the past 20 years or more, uh, I guess it started when China was admitted to the World Trade Organization, mm -hmm. you know, the United States, basically people have been borrowing against their home equity to buy cheap goods to finance the Chinese military. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating and simplifying wow, there, but you are, you know, that's but... kind of what's happening. It's got to stop. What could possibly go wrong with that? Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? So that's that's something that maybe Americans will wake up faster. Americans are waking up. Uh, people are realizing the way China treats its citizens and the way China is expanding around the world is a way of life that nobody in the world wants. And the left uh, makes criticisms of the American lifestyle and the American foreign policy and uh, American traditions, they, they do that all the time. And we're not perfect, but there's just no comparison 
to what life is like and what opportunities are like and the situation that people, individuals face, the challenges they face in the United States compared to China. Uh, China mm -hmm. is just not a place that it's not a way of life that most people in the world would want to live under. Uh, people aren't begging to get into China. There aren't caravans forming to break into China. So I think that Americans hopefully will wake up faster and we're going to get ourselves uh, a little bit more uh, independent of China a little bit sooner. And that's a good thing. In times past, when there were diseases going around, people did things, they sacrificed animals, they burned witches, they engaged in other rituals that, of course, had no effect on the disease, but somehow made Have people feel Have you been looking into my backyard the past week? Uh, I, I, I did check it out on, on Google Maps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, and so, you, so now we see the situation where, and as of today, we're recording on Thursday, there's 150 about fatalities of, from coronavirus in the United States. That is seven-tenths of a percent of this year's deaths from flu. And I was just at my doctor this week about unrelated matters, and I asked him about this, and he agreed that it was overhyped. And last year, last flu season, there were 61,000 deaths from flu, but we did not shut down the economy and throw millions, maybe tens of millions of people out of work to try in a, in a desperate attempt to try to save the 61,000. It's almost the same kind of panic when human, human beings and governments panic. The result is never good and never pretty. Well, there's uh, unfortunately no way we can rely on what the media has to say about this. And that's, mm. that's really tragic, but they've discredited themselves so many times. You can't believe anything the media writes about, certainly about the Trump administration. You can't believe much of anything they have to say about uh, the climate or the environment and climate change. So, you know, if you're paying attention, uh, they, you know that there's not going to be good data there. I do watch the press conferences that it's interesting. You watch the press conferences at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time uh, with Trump and his team on this problem. And then you listen to, let's say, David Muir, uh, the anchor for ABC News, uh, summarize the press conference uh, several hours later, and you realize what uh, liars they are. Uh, but I, I think that what the Trump administration's done is, sure, you know, there there's an overreaction. The problem is, if you look to some of these countries like Italy, where it, it does seem to have become quite a serious epidemic uh you know you you gotta wonder what what's really happening and how bad is it putting everyone into sequestration though isn't it just buys time for a cure uh it doesn't right if you don't find a cure you basically are doing worse by isolating people because it's still going to spread and it's just going to spread more slowly. So you take this horrible hit over the course of a year or a year and a half instead of over six weeks, you might be able to save more lives that way. And, you know, it, these are this is a trade-off. This is a moral a dilemma that there's yep. no solution to. Nobody, I, I, I kind of am wary of anyone who might say it's black and white obviously we we are doing horrible damage to our economy it's gonna it's gonna be a tough fight to get out of this because we did have a precarious situation with all of the borrowing that's going on and if there's a slowdown in economic activity people can't service their debt anymore and then you could risk a, a deflationary cascade and nobody wants that, and that's what we're flirting with right now. So there's a lot at stake economically. Uh, on the other hand, how do you how do you explain if there is a, a surge in cases like there was in Italy, 
and and instead of hundreds of people dying tens of thousands of people die because every old person in america you know their kids and their grandchildren came home got them infected they needed a respirator they couldn't get one and they all died how do you how do you say gee we we had to let that happen so we could protect our economy from a deflationary cascade these are not win-wins these are lose-loses and we're just going to have to work our way through it the best we can and here i actually see again the president taking a position that's it's it's so it's so contrary if you watch president trump you wouldn't be surprised but if all you do is listen to david muir on abc news and and you just started to watch these press conferences, you would be surprised because he's taking a very common sense approach. He's very clear about how there's no easy answers. And I think they're doing a good job. I think they're doing a real good job as well. There's some. Um, <clears throat> we, we probably need to take a break here in order to honor our uh our sponsor for this half hour, but you wrote an article just recently, uh, March 18th, about the financial condition of California cities. And I want to look at the nexus between this conversation and the financial health of California cities uh, based on your research and your work there to see what does the layer of what you just talked about on top of what already exists portend for us here in California as we continue on the United IE Radio Show. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire Radio Show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen who are all finding themselves in unchartered waters today with the overlay of this pandemic and the reaction to it. Ed Ring is our guest right now. He writes for a variety of uh, organizations, most notably the California Policy Center. Ed, you just wrote an article titled California Cities Are in Critical Condition. And in that, you lay out the case that of the 471 uh, California cities, that many of these are on a critical financial health uh, position. And I'm wondering, with everything that you just said in our prior segment about the impact of the response that our country is having, this shelter in place in some areas up in San Francisco, uh, in counties and across the country, the economy is no doubt slowing. Cities, counties and states rely on the financial health of the businesses and individuals in those communities to gather their revenues. Those revenues are no doubt going to take a hit in the coming weeks, months, and possibly even for years. We just don't know. Tell us what is possibly uh, ahead for us here in California. Is this the is this the pin that pricks the balloon of this um I don't, you know, no other way to call it, but this off balance sheet financing of this tremendous debt that we've got. Uh, what do you see as the potential for disaster financially here in California? Well, I hope not. California has a lot of a uh, lot of things working in its favor. It has a very diverse economy. It's a big economy. It, uh, it's got the 
various industries, agriculture, high-tech, entertainment, uh, aerospace. There's, I can't name them all, uh, but California has a big, diverse economy. The problem, though, is California cities are financially stressed for a variety of reasons, and I think one of the biggest reasons, and I hate to come up with this over and over again, except it's so true, the pensions and the other retirement benefits that mm-hmm. were negotiated with California cities basically back in the 90s, in the late 90s, when the Internet was roaring, we had the Internet bubble, uh, and when all of these equities were exploding in value back in the late 90s, uh, there was improvements, enhancements to the pension benefit formulas negotiated, and they rolled their way through all the cities. And even after the Internet bubble popped, uh, they continued to increase these benefits in city after city because the other cities had already done it, and it wouldn't be fair if they didn't all do it. And what they did was increase these benefits retroactively. So it had a very compounded impact in terms of how much money was owed to service these pensions. And ever since then, they've been paying, playing catch-up, and they've been increasing the amount of these pension uh, contributions. And back in the late 90s, the actuaries and fund managers actually said these pension benefit enhancements won't cost anything because they thought that they were going to keep making all of these high returns forever. And that was, of course, very unrealistic. And what we've had since then is, of course, it went down in the early O's and then it went up until 08. I think it was early 09. It crashed. And then it had uninterrupted growth right up until a few weeks ago, pretty much. And what we've seen in the last few weeks, and I'm talking about the stock market, of course, is we've seen a a drop in value. So we're now in the same place we were over three years ago. In other words, there hasn't been any growth in equity investments in three years based on where the major indexes are right now. At the same time, the real estate portfolios have been growing like crazy. The bond portfolios have been going growing like crazy, but people aren't going to be able to afford this real estate anymore. The driving the price up is unlikely to happen at the rates that it's been happening. Bonds mm-hmm. go up in value when you lower interest rates, but we've dropped interest rates to zero. So you have what's called the super bubble, where bonds and real estate and equities are all overvalued. And, and at this point in time, Pension funds should be at a surplus. When you're at the end of a record-length bull market, you should have surpluses in your pension funds. And instead, these pension funds are only about 70 to 80% funded. That's where they should be at the end of a bear market, not at the end of a bull market. So Mm. what they're doing is increasing the contribution. Some of these cities are paying 20% of all revenue into the pension funds and into the retirement health, uh, pre- trying to pre-fund retirement health insurance as well. That's one in five dollars from all sources. So then what happened? We just had a primary election where um, for the first time in several election cycles, California's voters turned down by a ratio of about two to one all of the proposed local tax and bond measures on the local ballots, billions and billions of dollars of new revenue that isn't going to come in. They didn't approve new taxes. This is unprecedented. California's voters are almost always talked into approving local tax increases, so they're not going to be getting that money. And then what happened? We've got this slowdown in the economy where their sales tax revenue is going to go way down. And at the same time, California's state government, which sends all kinds of money to the cities and counties, is very dependent on capital gains profits that the high-tech corporations and the people who get stock options from these corporations are they're making all kinds of money when these corporations do very, very well and when their stock values mm. keep climbing. Wow. And that feeds the Treasury in Sacramento. But when the downturn comes, and this is well documented, all of a sudden they're not getting nearly as much revenue into the state. So all these so-called surpluses they've got, and they're just you know, operating surpluses, they don't reflect all the debt they're carrying, which is out of control. So that's gonna, the ability to service this debt, the ability to hit these budgets without deficits is going away. 
and that's going to create a lot of uh, a lot of hardship on these cities and counties and the state. Well, cities you can just, file. Cities you, can file. You painted a disastrous scenario there. I'm sorry, Greg. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, uh, the cities can file bankruptcy, and some have. Although the ones that have not have not taken advantage of court rulings that would let them renegotiate and revise their their their, their pension their pension obligations so that all remains and that's really the underlying of all these almost all of these local tax increases and bonds are really being driven by this unfunded pension liability because the money, if you look at the bond language a lot of this is stuff is not capital we're not building new buildings it's maintenance and what's happening is the money that wish that should be spent on maintenance is getting is, is being diverted over into paying the pension liabilities. Same with the tax increase. My city of Redlands is planning a 1% local sales tax increase for November, and it's being driven for that. That's the exact reason, is it's the pension li- unfunded pension liability they face. It is. It's also the retirement health, which is not typically pre-funded, but the amount that has to go out every year is increasing as the pool of retirees grows. So you have... Uh, a lot of money going to non-operating costs. I looked it up, and in the 60s and 70s, about 40% of a lot of the county, not county, but a lot of the city and, and many of the counties, their budgets went to infrastructure. And now they're spending almost nothing on infrastructure. Wow. All of infrastructure money comes from bonds nowadays. They borrow to build roads, to upgrade roads, or they come from building fees. And that's one of the biggest reasons that we have unaffordable housing. Private developers can't afford to build homes except at the very high end because they're paying fees for all of the infrastructure, which cities and counties used to, they used to pave the roads and so forth out of operating budgets, but now they charge developer fees, which can go up 100000 150000 per home. So you're not going to build a home that ordinary people can afford if you're paying that much in fees for the infrastructure. You're only going to build these McMansions, the the, the high-end luxury development, all the gentrification that mm-hmm. housing advocates are concerned about is being forced on the developers because after they've paid the fees, they can't build ordinary housing for ordinary people. Good I, re- I read recently that, uh, I think it was developer it was, but the same company in Texas, has a new development near San Antonio that, that starts in the 130s. Same, same developer has de- new developments in California where the starting prices are in the 400s. Yeah, and it goes back to the time it takes to get the permits, the amount of litigation you have to go through, and the amount of fees you have to pay. And people don't connect that right away. And again, I think a lot of a lot of enlightenment is occurring very fast right now. We're in a very interesting time, and there's a lot of opportunity to get the word out about this, because if you could get these uh, pension obligations and the, you know, the overtime is driven by the pensions. So you're having all this overtime burden. You have retirement health uh, security. uh, You have Mm. retirement pensions. All of those things are connected to each other and driving up the cost of local government. And then the local governments turn around and impose these fees, which in turn drives up the cost of housing. So if you could reform the pensions, you would solve the overtime problem. And if you solve the overtime and the pension problem, you might start to be able to solve the problem of affordable housing. I don't see how I don't see how we emerge from the picture that I'm being seen painted by this uh, uh, overlay of the economic slowdown that's been forced on us in order to contain this pandemic. And the, the scenario you just painted in this conversation, I don't see how California finds its way out of this. I, I foresee cataclysmic financial disruption in California based on everything that we've just talked about? Well, that's possible, and it depends on how long it's going to take. You know, today they announced a therapy for this uh, virus. They they think right. thoroquinine uh, could be a effective therapy. If those kinds of things happen fast enough and they can get everybody back to work, 
uh, you know, it really comes down to how long this takes. That's exactly right. We are we are up against a hard break here, and I know if you if you have to run, Ed, we certainly appreciate your time here. If you can stay with us for another segment, um, you, you write on so many interesting things. We'd love to talk to you further. Uh, but in any event, we do have a hard break here, and we will be back after news and traffic at the bottom of the hour. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are talking to Ed Ring, who is the co-founder of the California Public Policy Center and has been certified by some left-wing organization we, we talked about last half uh, to be driving the right-wing agenda in the state houses, and just uh, my kind of guy. Yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, I I, I love that recommendation. Uh, we were talking. We talked about coronavirus and other matters in our first half. The other article you wrote recently, this is January 27, 2020, and you can find Ed's work on both on American Greatness and on the California Globe. And the title of this one is A Vision for the California's Visionless uh, Republican Party. And you talk about how the advantages that uh, the Democrats and the unions have, but you say that courage and vision are free. Unfortunately, the California Republican Party lacks both. Yeah, that's a damning, damning indictment. I, I, I don't want to be too hard on the California Republican State Republican Party, uh, but I will stand by the uh, the comment. I mean, and it does. How much courage does it take? Uh, you know, we don't live in a, you know, we don't live in China. <laughs> we don't live in Saddam Hussein's Iraq. I mean, we are able to speak our minds. We're able to come up with. Uh, things that may be controversial, but at least so far, they're, they're not putting us in physical danger. So, you know, courage isn't the kind of courage that we're talking about during the American Revolution. Courage, we're just talking about maybe somebody might lose a donor, or maybe right. somebody uh, who has a consulting contract might not have their consulting contract renewed. You know, that's, sure, that takes courage, but it doesn't take courage that it would be unreasonable to ask someone to display. Uh, it's it's not deadly uh, danger that we're facing here. So courage is uh, is something that there should be more of. Uh, I think we should be willing to speak out and go against the crowd if the crowd is uh, saying one thing. You know, when you talk about vision, what California's Republican Party is doing is, is important. They're trying to register voters. They're trying to set up a ballot harvesting operation that can rival what the Democrats are doing. And that's that's important work, and they need to keep doing that. But if you look at their platform, I, I can't remember. I think it's about 14 pages. It's a PDF file that you download, and it's something they update every two years, and it's a product of a, a lot of committees. 
and it's got everything in it. You know, it's got something for everybody, and nothing is too overstated because they don't want to step on anybody's toes at the same time as they want to accommodate everybody's ideas. And that's fine. You know, let that sit there. Let the PDF file sit online, and that's just fine. But why not come up with some populist uh, ideas that everybody's talked about a lot and most people on the right and in the center and even smart, conscientious people on the left can all agree on. I think CEQA, the California Environmental Policy, uh, the California Environmental Quality Act, passed in 1971, is an example of something like that. It's an example of something that there are well thought through, very specific reforms to CEQA that would get the support of donors, it would get the support of voters. You could make a campaign and you could pass that and you'd go so far towards making it possible for us to build things again in this state. You know, if we're going to have a sanctuary state and open up the borders and let everybody in, for crying out loud, at least let us build things again. And reforming CEQA would go a long ways towards doing that. And what about water storage? We've talked about water storage for decades. We've passed billions of dollars in bonds to do that, and almost nothing's being developed. They are doing some pretty good work refilling aquifers to harvest runoff. So let's do more of that. Let's do more water infrastructure. Let's get some stuff on the ballot. What about law and order? What about repealing Prop 47 and Prop 57, the ones that let everybody out of jail and downgraded drug and property crimes and, and created a homeless population that's far more problematic than it was 10 or 20 years ago because you can't arrest them. You can't arrest them for petty theft. You can't arrest them for drug use hard drug use, intravenous drug use. These these people are walking around stealing to support their drug habits, and the police can't do anything about it. Why not get the police unions involved on something like this? They're powerful. They would support some of these reforms, along with the rest of California's voters. So where is California's Republican Party on these things? Let's talk about education. What about the Vergara case, which was launched by a liberal group called Students Matters? And they went, they sailed through the appellate courts. They went to the California Supreme Court and lost on a technicality. And what were they trying to do? They were trying to make it easier to get rid of incompetent teachers. They were trying to make it so that the good teachers would be kept in a layoff and the bad teachers would be let go. And they were trying to make it so you couldn't have a job for life after just a year and a half of classroom observation. That was the Vergara case that was dismissed by the California Supreme Court. Mm. Do you think voters wouldn't support something like that as a constitutional amendment? So why aren't we doing things in education and water storage and environmental uh, regulatory reform why, and law and order? Why aren't the Republicans talking about this stuff all the time. Uh, what do they have to lose? I mean, I've, I've made this case to a number of them. At your st- where you are, what do you have to lose by being bold? You have nothing to lose. California's Republican Party has lost uh, not only a, a super majority, but what they call a mega majority, which means that they have less than one quarter of, of the seats in the Senate, and they have less than one quarter of the seats in the assembly. They have no higher offices. Even Steve Poisner, who was a very capable uh, expert in insurance, couldn't beat, who, who was it? That uh, Ricardo Lara, a, yeah. a political operative with very little training in the insurance industry is our insurance commissioner. And he ran as an independent, and Poisner still couldn't beat him. So they, the Republicans in California have absolutely nothing. There's a few counties that are still purple. Is there a red county left? Maybe Kern County. I'm not sure. Uh, so, you know, California, yeah, you're absolutely right. They have nothing to lose. Well, it seems to me their priorities are upside down. You know, in, in the quest to try to get any money in, they're beholding to what's called the third house, which bases its priorities on how much money can they get out of the state for the projects that the third house lives on. 
the priorities of the current state uh, party seem to be to the consultancy class, the people that make their livings up in Sacramento, versus empowering and enabling a grassroots, because there's plenty of horsepower in this state in the conservative grassroots. They're just not being properly organized and mobilized. And I think that's what we need to do. Uh, You know, the call to action for us on the local level should be to take organization to a level that it's never been done in California. Why is it when we have these propositions that we completely reinvent the proposi- the the infrastructure in the state in order to try to get enough signatures to pass these propositions? We should have a permanent infrastructure so that every time it's time for an election or we're trying to gather signatures, we just go to that permanent infrastructure and build on it. But yet we complete uh-huh. we're reinventing the wheel every single cycle. I'm glad you asked that, because there are a lot of people that were involved in the recall Gavin effort, and they created a network around the state, and they gathered nearly 300,000 signatures on their first try with no money. Yep. And the the people who have worked on that are still working on putting together something more permanent, and... I believe the time is ripe right now for a variety of reasons to turn into exactly what you just described, a permanent infrastructure, because the ability to network online with social media and with online platforms that help people download and print ballot petitions is here. You know, even 10 years ago, we didn't have as much broadband. We didn't have as many people online. Everybody's online now. 10 years ago, it was just, you know, the older generation wasn't online. Now, everybody is online. Everybody has a printer. Everybody can download a petition. Everybody can get involved in a Facebook group, for example. There is There are things being put in place, and I think that, by 2022, it's too late for 2020, but I think by 2022, it's a very good chance that exactly what you just described is going to be in place. And I, w- I would like to say more about that, but we're running out of time. But mm-hmm. I can tell you that there are there's a group of groups. We're trying to network all of these groups. 4.7 million Californians voted for Donald Trump, and every single one of them wants something to do. They've, there's nothing exactly. they can Thank just you. imagine if you said to 4.7 million Californians, here are five ballot initiatives, and these are constitutional amendments. These are going to change everything in California Overnight, we're going to fix the schools, we're going to fix the water infrastructure, we're going to restore law and order, we're going to do all of these things that are going to fundamentally fix many of the big, big problems here in California. And we only need half of you to download one of the, the, the petitions and sign them. We only need half of you to get busy and do that. And we have an infrastructure of volunteers in every single county in this state to process those. And if we can form alliances so that, for example, if down in San Diego there's, like, Reform California has a couple of their initiatives, and let's say there's the old Recall Gavin folks, they have some initiatives, if they can agree to work together where, for example, if we get at a volunteer's office in a county signatures for a group that's has a petition that we're supporting, we'll forward it to that group, and and we'll work together like that. The only danger is don't have two petitions for the same thing. That happened with Recall Gavin. That shouldn't happen again. That's really all the bottom line cooperation that's required, is let's not have two petitions trying to do the same thing. Apart from that one danger, all of these groups can work together. Well, and, there, and, the, and the technology and the activist network is here. It and is, that and that be. takes vision and leadership. Two of the things in your article that you pointed out that the California GOP is severely lacking. We have well, pre- I think they're focusing on November, and it's yep. too late for November anyway. So I think that it could get very interesting, though, after this election. What we've got to do right now is get as many, flip back as many of these congressional seats as we can, 
help make California be on the positive side of the ledger for for staying in control of Congress. I think that's very important, and they are focused on that. We have stretched your time, and we very much appreciate your time with us to uh, this show, and we're definitely going to ask you back as you write on have so many interesting things to say about so many important topics. This is Ed Ring, and you can, again, you can find his work on American Greatness and on California Globe. Thank you, Ed, and uh, we're going to definitely stay in touch. Thank you very much. Time for a word from our sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock. On AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And we ended that segment with Ed Ring on a very important note. This is really what I've envisioned the purpose of our radio show to be, ultimately, Greg, is the a, a an opportunity for us to foment and organize an, an, a level of organization that we've never seen here in the Inland Empire and then tr- and then uh, export that as a model uh, for folks all around the state because I do believe that we have embedded in our communities a uh, powerhouse of resources that we've never tapped and we've never been organized enough to tap. And I think that w- the combination of the things that we talked about with Ed the overlay of what's unfolding in our country with this pandemic and the response that's being forced on us to find a new normal, I think we can emerge from this defining that new normal and making it work to rein in the excesses of the progressive movement in the state of California and take the state back. I've always believed that it's there. Look, I mentioned the book, The Blueprint, earlier in the show, and I think this is a book that everybody needs to get because it shows how the strategies are apolitical for for taking a state. The Democrats did it in Colorado. They flipped that state from red to blue in four years, an unprecedented political upheaval in Colorado. They were organized. They had a plan. They implemented the plan, and they did it. And all we need to do is reverse engineer it and apply those things. And I think one of the things that we need to do is make the hashtag we're all homeschoolers now start to go viral because it begins with education. And I think one of the things that the that we have had in the state of California is an education system that moves the mindset of people to the left and makes that seem like that is the uh, that is the proper way of thinking. <clears throat> As Republicans, we have a lock on the right thinking to uh, make this country prosper and take this state back. Well, equally important with the indoctrination that goes on in the government-run schools is not just indoctrination, but what isn't taught. So they're not taught about the founding and the history of the country and why, why you have the ability to, at least up to this point, to say what you want to say. And why you have the freedom to worship, and why you have all these, and why you have the resulting, we have the prosperity that we have, and all that, all of that is not taught as well as the the, the anti-American history and uh, pro-socialist in, uh, indoctrination that is going on. But equally important in where California is and where America is headed is immigration. You are, you are bringing in legally a million plus a year that are going to that are going to break eighty percent plus for the Democrats, and so are their children and grandchildren. And yeah, you can reform. I'm all I'm all in favor of reforming the government-run schools and moving to a, a a school choice system for both educational reasons and to save our country. 
But if you keep if you keep pouring in new Democrat voters at that rate, it will all be for naught. Well, I don't disagree. It's uh, for me. It's an all of the above situation. I don't see any one of them being more uh, important than the other. Immigration, the uh, what's going on in our school system, what is unfolding financially in the state. All of these things uh, really sort of play into each other. Um, if you Im- if you bring in people who appreciate freedom from countries that have been through this, I don't think you have the same problem as if you bring in people whose countries embrace socialism as a fundamental aspect of their governance. Um, that, you know, illegal immigration is one thing. Proper immigration is an entirely different thing. Not and- for the purposes we're talking well, we're not going to solve this in our last three minutes here, but the point is we have to get more organized in this in this state, and now is the time to do it. Okay, but I want to come back to this. This is an important point that almost everyone on our side fails to understand. And how many times do I hear Republicans saying, I'm against, I'm against illegal immigration, but I support legal immigration for purposes of... What we're talking about, the, the, the pouring in of new Democrat voters that inevitably that make people like Gavin Newsom, the governor, who wins by 60% plus and carry every statewide office and have a, have a mega majority in the state legislature. For that purpose, the legal immigrants are, are, are essentially the same as the illegal immigrants, except the illegals get to vote sooner. And other than illegal voting by illegal, illegal aliens. And I don't have the data called up in front of me, but, but it's by essentially you look at the polling data across California between native born and naturalized citizens. And by 20, 30 points across whether you're voting, you know, which candidate do you support or issues, the naturalized citizens are 20 to 30 points more in favor of Democrats and Democrat policies than our native-born citizens. So immigration, I'm, I'm all favor. You're right about the government-run schools and reforming that. But equally important is to stop the deluge of new Democrat, a.k.a. socialist voters coming into the country. Well, with this depression that we're about to have, the need to bring in any level of immigrants into the country is going to evaporate at least temporarily, possibly somewhat permanently. So, you know, that 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 may help to minimize that. But the greater point is we've got to get better at organizing. We've got to get better at what we do at the grassroots level. We've got to build that permanent infrastructure, because if we don't, it does. We we can have these conversations until the end of time, and we're not going to be able to do anything about it. True, but you you need the organization, but you also need a vision behind. So where 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 are you trying to take the organization? What are you going to appeal people to join the organization? Here's what we're trying to accomplish. So I both well, look, both very, go hand in the, hand. The very first thing that we do in getting these folks oriented is you know the turnout. We even in this past election, if Republicans had turned out in numbers in force and if we had a machine to turn them out, you wouldn't have what happened in the 60th Assembly District where uh, our our current candidate from the Republican Party, Christopher Rahaga, was ahead by almost a thousand votes. And within a week, he was upside down by five thousand. That's a six thousand vote swing due largely because the Democrats are better organized. That's where that's where this has to start. Sure, and uh, I, with our ballot harvesting and uh, and vote fraud operations, neither of which I'm not sure that we, that our side can duplicate. We're not we're not capable of of any kind of large scale vote fraud operations, nor would I vote fraud operation, nor would I advocate it. But at ballot harvesting, they they have the money for paid people to go around and harvest ballots. At this point, that's not it's outside of what we can realistically accomplish and most of our people are are not are going are not going to be very inclined to give up their ballot to somebody who, who comes to the door. Now pastors might be a different story. I think pastors and their churches could run a ballot harvesting operation and uh, have you voted yet they might even get the voter registration list, the voter of who's voted and if they have people that haven't voted they, they may you get a call from the pastor or the pastor's assistant or the assistant pastor saying, "We know that you haven't voted yet. Um can we help you?" 
So that that side that side of it that side of it may that side of it may work. That would be a great that that would be a great add on to what we're 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 talking about here. But if you ask your average Republican, do you know the people who live on your street? The answer is going to be no, and that's a problem. We need to find those people that are willing to go knock on their neighbors' doors, start organizing neighborhood by neighborhood and begin to build the foundation for what is the good old fashioned precinct operation. And once we have that in place, we can get anything done. That's what Travis Allen wanted to do. And what what you need is you need a motivation. You need the motivation to it. You need the vision behind the party operations that says, yes, I want to I want to be involved in that because they're trying to do something that I agree with and I believe is important to accomplish. But that is almost totally absent from today's California Republican Party. So the people remain unmotivated, even if you even asked them to be the precinct captain. That's yeah, all I the disagree time. with that. I think we can establish that vision on a local level. We, hopefully you're right. That's all the time we have this week on Unite IE Radio. Tune in next week for another exciting edition. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California, ID number 10126, 5A, Arizona, NMLO license number 092639, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 092537, equal housing opportunity. AM 590, the answer.